Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. The Lord is alive. Yay! The tomb is empty. And uh, boy, we should be excited about this. I cannot understand why those apostles were not camped out in front of that tomb. Why didn't they have their lawn chairs just, just sitting there staring, just waiting, right? But they weren't. They were scared. They were hiding in the upper room. They didn't know what to do. And of course, a woman spoke the first gospel. The first good news was brought by a woman to men. Uh, I just want to do a little history here to make sure everybody knows. Happy Easter. It's all about our risen king. And as much as they say the tomb was empty, we really should think about what was left in that tomb. I get it. I understand the phrase. I love when people say it. But he left in that grave our sin. He died for us, and that's what was left behind. And not just the sin of that day, but the present day as well, and even tomorrow. He tried to tell them, and they just weren't quite ready for it. They didn't quite understand. He actually says they, um, they want a sign. And he says, I'll, I'll give you a sign. Destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. And they, they thought he was talking about the temple, and they were going to destroy the temple, and of course he was talking about his body, and they didn't, didn't quite get it. And they were scared. The leader that they had followed everywhere, their Lord, Abba, Rabbi, he was everything to them. And they saw him die. They saw him dead on that cross. Now, if you've seen somebody dead before, you know when they're dead. And they were not ready for him to walk out of that grave. They weren't actually even anticipating it. And even Mary that went to the grave, brought her spices and stuff to try to preserve the body the best they could. You see, she didn't go there to see whether he had come out or not. She actually went there to prepare a dead body. I want to also teach you how important the three days is. And I make a lot of hospital visits. I've done a lot of funerals before. And we do not know when the soul leaves the body. But in Jewish culture, they always thought and they taught that the soul doesn't leave the body until three days. That's why the three days is so important. And we don't, we don't think about these kind of things, but the Jews that he was trying to t- teach and stuff in that day needed the three days because that was their culture. We've got to also talk about Easter. And, and I get this question a lot, and I'm probably going to butcher this word. Easter is not a pagan holiday that we hijacked. Easter is actually um, named after a pagan god, or goddess, I should say. Ostra. Uh, some people might say Istra. And we have the word Easter. She was the goddess of spring and fertility. It was all about the equinox and actually one week after the full moon, I think that's why we don't have it on the same day every year, they celebrated this Easter, and they did it because it actually kind of means a new birth, a new beginning. The goddess of spring, the goddess of fertility, 
is what they were trying to, to get at because Jesus had been born again. So there's your lesson on Easter. And he had to die a man. This is huge to us. If it had been an angel or some sort of spirit, it wouldn't have made it as important to mankind unless a man died. And it was actually, well, we've been given free will. So I want you to understand why Jesus had to die. It makes his love for us genuine. Have you ever, uh, maybe you have an Alexa. Now that I said that word, somebody's phone will probably go off, right? Or, or, or you say, hey, Google. If that said, I love you every morning, how genuine is that? You program that thing to, to tell you that. You know that's not love. God could have made us that way. God could have predestined us every day to just say, I love you, and pray. But just like your computer, if it said that to you every morning, you, you knew it was just programmed. It wasn't genuine. So when we have love for somebody, if they don't have free will to love me as I am, and I don't have free will to love them as they are, it's meaningless. A man had to come to this earth and die and be raised again. That was the genuine love that God had for us. Because of free will, there was sin. Because there was sin, there had to be a penalty. Because there was a penalty, there had to be death. The wages of sin were death. To make us worthy of glory, there had to be forgiveness. To make the forgiveness genuine, there had to be a death and resurrection. The resurrection actually shows God's genuine love for us. And that's really hard for us to understand. We don't understand what it's like to have complete love. We, we chase love and we find spouses or, or significant others or whatever you call it these days. And we're seeking this, this genuine, full love. And we never quite get it from another human being. That's the kind of love that God has for us. That he would take his only begotten son and let a bunch of thugs kill him. I'm sure there's a lot of parents here, right? You're not going to hand your kid over to be beaten and, and tortured and nailed to a cross for somebody else. That's incomprehensible. I can't fathom that. I wouldn't even do that with my dog. Or Chubbs the bunnies back there. I wouldn't do that with Chubbs. I, I think I love those animals more than I do some people. Now, that's not very nice for a pastor to say, right? I'm just being honest with you. This is hard. Some people are just hard to love. But God loved them anyway. He loved those that wouldn't even speak his name. He made it available. He wants no one to perish. God did not make somebody so that they would go to hell. He gave them a way out, and they rejected we're here today to celebrate this resurrection. And, and I love the way Peter does this. I'm, I'm going to read some here out of, out of Acts 4, I think it is. And Peter was scared. He denied Christ. In fact, he, he actually denied Christ. That was the last time he would saw him before he got crucified. Can you imagine? 
followed him around. He loved him. He denies him three times and he's crucified and he never got a chance to say he was sorry or ask for forgiveness or anything. It was the last time he saw him. So when he actually saw him resurrected, you can imagine how excited he was. He was going to have another chance to tell him how much he loved him. And all of a sudden, when he really got it, he understood this love. He understood what Jesus was trying to say. He saw and he heard him. Body. The body was alive. It's called soma. It's a physical body, not a spirit. And man, he was full on. And this happens to certain people too. Once you just get it, it just fills you. And you can't help but to, to not talk about it. So I'm going to read some from Acts 4. I've, I'm got. I picked out some verses as we go along. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadduskis, Matt, I didn't say that right either, come up to them greatly disturbed that they were teaching the gospel and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. You see, not everybody saw him. He made an appearance to over 500 people. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they marveled and took note that these men had been with Jesus. What shall we do with these men, they said? It is clear to everyone living in Jerusalem that the remarkable miracle that had occurred through them, and we cannot deny it, they didn't quite know what to do either. He had appeared before certain people, and of course they heard it. Peter and John were standing up just boldly talking about it. But we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Are you like that? Oh, maybe you haven't seen or heard really yet, right? You've, you've heard about it. So, are you kind of in this place where all the rest of them were the Sadducees and everything? They didn't see it, but they're talking to these people that were unschooled, just normal, ordinary people, and they doubted. They weren't quite sure. And they certainly weren't going to go around talking about it, because they didn't know. He stands up and says, You, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it is impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Can you imagine seeing somebody that was dead? You saw them. They were hanging on a cross for hours and hours, just tortured and bleeding, and it was horrible. They were dead. And then three days later, you're standing in front of them? He even tells Thomas to go ahead and stick your hand in, in my side. Stick your fingers in, in my hand. What would you do? They were going around so bold and they were full of joy, proclaiming what they had seen and heard. And the ones that did not hear were kind of, mm. the ones that did not see, mm. I don't know. Is that you? Which one of those are you? I'm not trying to turn you all into pastors or anything. But it's, it's really easy to come to church on Easter, isn't it? I'm all good. I go to church. But I'm not quite sure about this thing. And you know, pastor stands up there and says, He's alive! And everybody yells, Yeah! I'm not sure I want to be one of the yellers either. 
I'm just here to please my spouse. Right? Come on, you're going to church. It's Easter, you're going to church. Put on a tie or something. But you see, the ordinary men, the unschooled ordinary men, were the ones that he used. They were bold. They couldn't help but to talk about it. This was the best thing they'd ever seen. Just a few days ago, they were in the upper room so sad. Their, their Lord was dead. Now he's not. What would you do? One of your best friends, family member, something. You saw him. He was dead. And he knocked at the door three days later. Would you tell anybody? That's what Christianity is. You know. Your faith. It's evidence. But you see, if you have to know, you need to know everything, right? You need proof. You're not saved by faith. You're saved by fact, if you need that. And we are supposed to be saved by grace through faith. You believe? Do you really act like you believe? So I got to tell you about, I am, I'll throw myself under the bus so I don't pick on any of you. I got to tell you a story. Um, I went to a conference once and took the whole family and they could swim in the motel and everything. And uh, we went down to supper and there's this little sign that says, uh, please wait to be seated. So there we stood. And uh, I probably looked a little worse than I do now. But we stood there, and some other people came. They were behind us. You know how you line up, right? You're waiting to be seated. And the, the, the maitre d' or whatever it was came up, and the people next to us back here said, how many? They said two, and they seated them. And sure enough, in just a little while, there was somebody else who walked right by us. How many? Uh, two. Come on, you can be seated. Pretty soon somebody comes up to us and says, could we help you with something? We'd like to eat. Is this where we find food? You know, we thought we were invisible or something. Now, I got to tell you, I would never go back there again. Right? Nowadays, we can do all these reviews and everything. I'll throw myself under the bus one more time. I had a farmer friend, uh, very well off, very, very well off. Went to a farm show. And I had a sleeveless shirt and a do-rag and glasses, uh, you know, the biker thing. And, and we're walking around. He, he wanted to go to this booth. He goes up to this booth, and nobody would help him. And he's like, what's going on? Went to the next one. Nobody helped him. And he's like, ready to spend $300,000. Nobody would help him. And I said, dude, you don't understand. You're with me, and they're judging me. So when we go to the next one, I'll go back here and, and get a snow cone or something. And you go up there, sure as crap. He walks up there and three guys come out. What can we do for you? We got just what you... You see, he wouldn't buy anything from those people that wouldn't talk to him when he was with his friend. Right? Don't we do this? You got places you won't go because they did something wrong to you and you'll never go back there again. Huh? Everybody's got a list, Right? Maybe the local, we better not get into that. Some of you might be sitting in here. So you see the sign that says, thank you, please come again. Maybe you're not welcome to come back. Or maybe you won't come back because of something you saw. Everybody's polite, right? They say thank you, please come back again. Or they got the sign out, thank you, please come back again. Why do you think Jesus did not appear when he returned? Why he did not appear to all the people 
that didn't like him. These, these, these Pharisees and these Sadducees and, and the, the scribes, the, 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 the lawmakers, they never saw him. Would you appear to them? You're trying to tell them, I'm going to die for you, and in three days I'm going to come back. Thank you. Please come again. Those people are the ones that he approached and got to see. Over 500 people. Think about yourself. Now, being myself, here again, I'm just going to be normal here for a minute. They probably would have been the first people I went and saw, right? I'd walk out of that grave and say, we're the Pharisees. I've got to show them this. Boy, I'd be standing right up there. Where's my cape? I told you I'd be back. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He went to the people that, that loved him, that actually trusted him. They were the people that were teachable. They're the ones that he could change their heart and he could work on their heart. Which one are you? If we went back 2,000 years ago and Jesus walks out of the tomb, would he have went to you with open arms? I told you, here I am. And all those people that thought they were so good, in fact, they'd be leaders of a church. Now, this scares me a little bit. Why didn't he go to the leaders of the church? For a long time, he'd been telling them they were doing it all wrong. And he would have walked into a town like this and he would have went right for the church leaders. And he would have said stuff like this. You brood of vipers. If you've been reading your Bible, you'll know all this stuff, right? Call them brood of vipers. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. These are the church leaders. Blind Pharisees, clean the inside of the cup. Then the outside will be clean also. Would he walk in here and do that? I'm scared. I want to be the one that is genuine. The one that loves him. The one that can be teachable. The one that can be told you're not doing it right. When he told them they weren't doing it right, they got so mad. He was going to ruin everything. They had the best world ever. They got the best seats at the table and wherever they went. Crowds of people around. This Jesus guy came walking into town and he was going to take it away from them. He was claiming to be king of the Jews. They had a hard heart towards him. Do you? What if he came back today? Would he appear to you? Would he walk in here right now and say, you're not doing it right? I hope not. I try to talk to a lot of you if we need to change something or we're not doing something right because I want to be one of the ones that he appears to. Do you? Here's your chance right here. Which one are you going to be? In fact, outside the tomb, uh, Mary shows up and actually thought he was a gardener. He had a different appearance. And the scripture always says, or it does say, uh, you're sown in a natural body, but you're raised in a glorious body. So the body might have been a little bit different. And he says, don't touch me. And I, I get questioned about this a lot. It doesn't mean what you think it means. Some of your paraphrases might say, don't cling to me. And what it meant was, I haven't returned yet. This is not the glorious appearing. This is the resurrection. Don't hold on to me because I've got to go again. It's just like the verse that says, uh, don't cling to evil. You see this word cling. Don't, don't hang on to it. Don't, don't take part in it. Don't make it part of your, your group. And he says, 
don't cling to me, for I have not gone to the Father yet. And can't you just see, if somebody, if somebody died on a cross, you saw him die, and then three days later they're knocking at the door, and these, this is somebody you love, you would just wrap your arms around them, and they'd never get to go again. You're not stepping foot out of this house ever again. I cannot lose you like that. This is what Mary was going to do to him. Just hold on to him so tight. And he's trying to tell her, this is not my return. This is my resurrection. What would you do? Do you really believe? Or are you just going through the motions? Would Jesus, what if you, would you have been part of that group that he actually appeared to? He just displayed the love that he has, that the Father has for you. He went through agony and torture for you. And there's still some like, ah, I don't know, I've seen a lot of card tricks in my day. Yeah, you see, if you're kind of on the fence, he is so much more than just alive. You have to understand this. Lazarus got raised from the dead. Jesus is not just alive. It's not the same thing at all. He is so much more than just alive. He left the tomb by himself. Nobody else that had been resurrected could do that. He walked through locked doors to show Thomas, stick your hand in here. Nobody else that was resurrected could do that. He changed his appearance. He gave them the Holy Spirit. And he ascended to heaven before their very eyes. If it wasn't enough that he appeared to them three days after they saw him dead, he ascended to heaven before their very eyes. Now you talk about a wow factor. When he had led, led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. I want to just stop right there. You see, if you're part of the group that he would have made an appearance to when he came back, you got blessed. Everybody else didn't. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. That could be you. You believe. This is where they got their boldness from. They saw, they heard. They didn't just see him alive. They saw him ascend right before their very eyes. Do you believe? If you do, you will be the group that he comes to when he comes back again. He did it once for the resurrection. He'll do it again for his second coming, his glorious appearing. If you're kind of on the fence, I'm sorry. Think about it. If you're not in full on, you love him because you know what he did for you, he'll appear to you. And you too will be taken into heaven with him forever and ever. Thank you. Please come again. Means so much more when we say it to him with a soft heart, with a heart that's teachable, a heart that actually loves. The story of the gospel is simple. The grace of the gospel is glorious. The sacrifice of the gospel is incomprehensible. The victory of the gospel is eternal. And the core of the gospel is Christ. It's Easter. If you haven't thought about it any other day or any other Easter, I want you to think about whether Jesus would actually appear to you when he returns.
he didn't to everybody from the resurrection. And he's probably not going to the glorious appearing. Those that don't think they have to ask for forgiveness will probably be those that he doesn't appear to. I don't want that to be any of you. I want to be part of that group that when he does return, he appears to us. And I hope we're doing things right. It's a good chance to actually examine ourselves and examine the church. Are we truly genuine with our love? Do we believe? Do we act like we believe? Do we come to church on Sunday and then be hypocrites out there Monday through Saturday? Or is it genuine? Are you bold? doesn't mean you have to stand up here and preach to everybody. Are you bold about your faith? You tell anybody? Does it ever come out of your mouth? Even the word church or God or something? You see, those that doubt, he didn't appear to. I'm not going to ask everybody to do some sort of altar call. We don't do that here. Maybe we're doing it wrong. Because I think this is a heart issue. You need to change your heart. It needs to be teachable. It needs to be humble. If you've got this pride that I don't need Jesus in my life, or on my last breath, I'll do it on my last breath, right? I know a lot of people like this. And boom, they never got a last breath. Never saw it coming. Wouldn't today be the day? Doesn't everybody want this life that's better? Can't you just imagine these people that he appeared to? Oh my goodness. The one that you loved. The grave couldn't hold them. They appeared back to you again and said, hang on, this is not my return. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Do the best that you can, and I'll be back in just a little while. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for showing your love for us displayed on that cross. I can't even hardly think about it. But I'm so grateful that you did. I'm so unworthy, but you thought that I was worth it. That's amazing. God, I get it. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've done wrong. And I just ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus is exactly who he said he was. He died on that cross, and the grave couldn't hold him. Three days later, he walks out of it, and now sits at your right hand, preparing a place for us undeserving, ungrateful people. From this day forward, I'm going to try to do best, and I will confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior on this Easter day of 2022. Thank you so much. It's in his name we actually pray to you. Amen.